0: So, it wasn't even that long ago that people on the far left were defending companies like Amazon and Twitter, et cetera, for censoring Donald Trump and other right wing conservatives, you know, in the name of dubiously for the left, mind you, you know, private companies can do whatever they want. It's not censorship when they do it. They were just fine with it because private companies can do whatever they want. And It seems as though that attitude has changed now that they have a concern that the private company might not do what they want. That was literally the situation that led to me creating this meme using Nazis burning books as an example of why the censorship mentality itself is wrong. That you can't engage in this, that humans can't be trusted with this kind of power Um, And of course, they, you know, always said, you know, false equivalency, you know, blah, 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 because, you know, what what we're doing is not what they were doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They always had some kind of like word salad way to dance around the issue and defend themselves, claiming that, you know, if by chance a private company decided to censor what they wanted, they would be just fine with it because that is the right of the private company. It was even more ridiculous, for example, to have them do things like, quote, Citizens United, something that Bernie Sanders has been speaking out against for years. And these are leftists, mind you, quoting Citizens United as a reason why it should be okay for companies to censor people. And what is that? Just for those of you who may not know, Citizens United was the Supreme Court ruling that basically allows corporations to have free speech as if they were individuals. And it's been used to you know, donate enormous amounts of money to political campaigns to control our democracy. The idea that leftists would ever quote Citizens United in the positive as if it was a good thing or, you know, (laughs) it was just mind boggling to me. Uh, But again, you know, when you're beating Trump, that was more important to them than anything. They would compromise any ideal to come to that conclusion. You know, that if they got what they wanted and they got no more Trump and no more mean tweets, then it didn't matter what they had to do to get there. The ends justified the means, including up to and including, you know, voting for, say, a rapist like Joe Biden. And exactly as I predicted, people on the left lost their shit the second they were concerned that a private company uh, might be owned by someone who they don't agree with. And therefore, the censorship pen might be in the hands of somebody who either might censor them or more importantly, to them, not censor the people that they want silence from social media. I'm frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media, anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. And then somebody comments, So rich people owning media is fine as long as they agree with your political view. Okay, got it. What kind of democracy needs censorship to survive? Well, false democracies, perhaps, like authoritarian governments that kind of go through the motions of having a democracy but don't really. You know, they, they need censorship to survive. Democracy is supposed to be about informed individuals making decisions, you know, and then the consensus of those individuals comes together to form a democratic solution to a problem. And if you cannot be informed, then what they really are coding this for is if our view is to prevail in a democratic society, then we need more content moderation. And I think that's largely because of the fact that unfortunately, a great deal of what's going on in the left right now requires people not to be informed to go along with it. It requires people to be ruled by emotion. I know a lot of you guys poo-pooed on my uh, positive review of the recent Matrix film. But again, the Wachowskis, they've had a lot of impact on me. I mean, that's why this is V-Radio. Openly stated, you know, through the villains of that movie, what they were up to, which is the reason they need to make things more about emotion is that emotions are much easier to manipulate than facts. That's what this is about. They need to make Twitter only about emotion, not about facts. Not about any facts that are not convenient to the direction that they are trying to manipulate people. We're going to get into the science about this in a moment. This article snippet from the Washington Post is a perfect example of the hypocrisy in which I mean, because when I was making this exact same argument to the left before, they all laughed at me and said that was ridiculous. But I said, plainly, so let me get this straight. You guys are the left, we're all supposed to be concerned about the power that the wealthy wield over society. So you're just fine with wealthy people deciding, you know, what we can and cannot say on their platforms. And they of course said that was ridiculous, but now that again, one of those wealthy people might be somebody who, you know, may actually engage in censoring social media or not censoring social media in the way that they want. All of a sudden it's important to prevent rich people from controlling our channels of communication. This is what I was saying from the beginning. And again, people were very cruel about this. They laugh at you, you know, like to suggest this sort of thing. This is the ridiculous polarization that we have. You know, um, people just don't think critically anymore. And again, we're going to get into the science about why in a moment. So let's talk for a moment about why they want to control social media. Why is there this huge panic going on that... Elon Musk might purchase Twitter and not use it in the same, you know, manner that other wealthy people who have owned it have used it. Why are they, you know, absolutely losing their shit over the possibility that they may not have as much control over Twitter? Well, you know, I think a lot of people just kind of tune out social media. Like there are people who just don't have Twitter. In fact, I didn't use Twitter for years because I didn't like the character limit. There are people who don't go on Facebook. So they think if they just, you know, tune out of these things that they're not relevant to their life. But the reality is, is that there is a very insidious thing going on here. And just like the rest of the, the political rhetoric, I think a lot of people on the left in particular right now are just kind of rolling their eyes at the insanity going on in the vocal minority of the left. And they assume it'll just blow over. Don't worry about it. You know, it's not a big deal. Eventually, people will get their head screwed on. Right. The thing is, is that that's not going to happen at least not if we don't do something about it. And we're going to get into that in a moment here. But I want you to be also be aware of this. For all the things I'm getting ready to tell you about what's wrong with social media, I don't think you should get off of social media. I just think you should be conscious of this when you're going on social media. For all of the bad things that have been done with social media, plenty of good things have been done with social media. I mean, for example, you wouldn't even be listening to me right now if it wasn't for social media. But let's take a look down the rabbit hole. So way back in 2011, this scientific study was brought to my attention, and it ended up being revised later, and we'll get into that in a moment. But this research was done to see um, how much of a population needed to hold a view before that view would be held by the majority. And they used some mathematical models to kind of come to their conclusions, uh, but at this point they thought it was only going to be about 10%. That if you could get, you know, basically if 10% of the population holds an unshakable belief, their belief will always be adopted by the majority of society. So the scientists, you know, who are members of the Social Cognitive Networks Academic Research Center at, you know, Rensselaer used computational analytical methods to discover the tipping point where a minority belief becomes the majority opinion. And... I think what's interesting about this is not just about what they found, but also who funded it. If you come down here, they will show you. The research was funded by the Army Research Laboratory through you know, SCNARC, part of the Network Science Collaborative Technology Alliance, the Army Research Office, and the Office of Naval Research. So that's who funded this. How much did they fund it? Well, let's take a look. So to the tune of $16.75 million, the military threw into researching this technology. What does the military need with knowledge like this? Why is it important to the military? And what other government agencies likely had their fingers in this? And I know now we're getting into what would be considered to be tinfoil hattery, but mainstream media reported on this. Here's an article in The Guardian um, revealed, U.S. spy operation that manipulates social media. Um, This article was put out over 11 years ago. And remember what I've told you guys. It's interesting when you look at things not even that long ago and you find a different insight about things that are going on right now. The news would never talk about something like this right now. So here's one of those mainstream articles, and then here's another one. If The Guardian's not mainstream enough for you, this is CBS News. So why does the Air Force want hundreds of fake online identities to social me- on social media? Um, this article still up again. Back in two thousand eleven was when that was published, and this was this is mainstream media. This is CBS. So this is CBS News reporting on the fact that the you know, that the government and the military actively paid people to create software for the purpose of manipulating mass opinion. This is why everybody's panicking about Twitter. It's why they're panicking about social media moderation in general, because they're aware of the fact that people can be manipulated, you know, through massive amounts of basically if you are exposed to a massive amount of people who hold a certain opinion, then it can have a powerful sociological and psychological effect on individuals because you are basically compelled to try to hold only popular views. And that's the reason why the military was investing in this. That's the reason why the government was investing in this. You know, and there's another article on the topic, and I'm, and I'm going to share all of these. You know, but here on Computer World, army of fake social media friends to promote propaganda. It has been recently been revealed that the U.S. government contracted H.B. Gary Federal for the development of software which would create multiple fake social media profiles to manipulate and sway public opinion on controversial issues by promoting propaganda. You know, so... It, and it could also be used as surveillance to find public opinions with points of view uh the powers that be didn't like. So this is not tinfoil hattery, guys. We're not looking at info wars here. That this is mainstream media coverage of this issue. And it's a real issue. And that's the real reason these people are pissing their pants because they might lose control over Twitter and some of the major you know social media. But the reason why they absolutely need to have all of these things under control. Now, this article printed in or well. <laughs> at least online, in 2018, shows that the updated science on it was that it takes about 25% uh, to sway a population. So this is the reason why they're just peppering us with all of the uh, woke stuff. And they just, you ever watch people online about that stuff, man? It's like people, like they have nothing better to do with their time. All they do all day is sit around and spread this stuff and that's because this is what they're going after. They're going after the 25%. If they can get 25% of people to go along with their, you know, their agenda, then they can sway the entire society. That's the reason why they want so much control over social media. That's why they want any view that does not go along with that censored. And the reason why is because if you allow opposing viewpoints to, you know, to come up, you know, to come out into the public then that will, you know, hinder their ability to manipulate people because then it doesn't necessarily look like a majority. It doesn't necessarily look like the rest of the world believes this. We've already seen this, you know, in multiple situations where companies are doing this thing where they they obey Twitter and then they come to find out what the hell, that didn't really sell as well as I thought because Twitter doesn't actually represent a majority, but they could certainly look like it. You know, and this is all a psychological effect. Remember I, you know, I do this Uh, do you think for yourself series specifically to try to address psychological effects that pretty much work on everybody. And if you're conscious of them, then you can mediate how much power they have over you. Um, But they're real. um, And that's the reason I hope you guys watch the rest of that series, because this is vital like self-defense for the brain kind of information. So the effect is called the bandwagon effect. And The bandwagon effect is essentially, you know, peer pressure. The bandwagon effect refers to the tendency people have to adopt a certain behavior, style, or attitude simply because everyone else is doing it. The more people that adopt a particular trend, the more likely it becomes that other people will also hop on the bandwagon. So you need to control what the perception of the bandwagon is. If the bandwagon is saying that trans, you know, female athletes should just be allowed to participate in sports and that anybody doesn't like it, is automatically an evil person who shouldn't even be allowed to have a job, that's the bandwagon, and that's what you want everybody hearing, then more and more people will go along with it if they, again, control what the perception of the majority is. Meaning, in other words, what people perceive to be the majority view. And you only need about 25% of people to believe it before it starts to become you know, adopted in almost like the herd mentality of humans. One of the things that the human species has a real problem with is the arrogance That we are above all of the things that happen to animals. And it's just not true. We have the ability to ponder on these things and perceive these things. That's where the differences lie. But if you don't perceive them, if you don't spend mental energy on understanding that these forces still have a sway over you, they will have sway over you. You can't just ignore them and have them go away. They're there. And that's why I did this series specifically to address this. You need to be aware of the fact that. Just because everybody in your circle of friends believes something, it may or may not be true. And it's entirely likely that an awful lot of your friends who believe this or think that they believe this are only going along with it because they think everybody else is. This effect stems from a very primitive part of our brains um, that more or less is the reason why you have anxiety if you don't think you have a lot of friends. You have anxiety if you're not popular at school, for example. It's an early version of the, the pack. Herd mentality, because human beings in a primitive society, if you were excluded from the group, it wasn't just a matter of, you know, maybe you wouldn't get invited to parties. If you were excluded from the group in a primitive society, you were likely to die. Now, I've recommended some of these before, and here's a couple of ways for you to check them out for free or for very cheap. Uh, the Creepy Line is a documentary about social media, specifically um, it has uh, social media whistleblowers coming forward about the algorithms and about how they seem to be designed in such a way to, well, they claim it's just to maximize profits. But what they're really after is is that um, they, they need to keep you engaged with your phone or with your computer so that they can get more ad revenue. That's what they say it's about. Uh, but these documentaries go further into the real ramifications of what's taking place here because the divides can get really out of control. I'm already starting to see this now in my real life, which is one of the reasons I've been gone a little bit as I've got blackpilled for a little while about this, interacting with people that I know in person. Um, but and, and I'll get into that in a moment. But The Creepy Line is a great documentary. You can watch it for free uh, via Tubi, Tubi TV on YouTube, and I really suggest you check it out. Uh, another really good one you can see on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. They cover similar ground, but they do so... In different ways with different guests, and kind of expose a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, to give you an example of just how out of control the division thing can go. Basically, what it amounts to is, in the simple form, is this: there are two things that are most likely to keep you engaged with your phone on social media or with your computer and social media. Things that piss you off about the opposing viewpoint, you know, and or the you know the opposing people, you know, or things that completely reinforce your worldview. Things that help you stay in your bubble. So if you're only exposed to those things on a regular basis, not only does that allow really crazy shit to get into your brain, whether it's QAnon or BlueAnon, for those of you not familiar with BlueAnon, BlueAnon is like when you meet leftists who just have the absolute most ridiculous beliefs. Um, I just dealt with that, as I said earlier, from somebody in my real life, and I'll get into that in a moment. But the, the point is, is that you can be divided so much because you're only ever exposed to the most extreme, ridiculous, and Um, In many cases, you know, bad versions of the opposing side Uh, in one African country where Facebook was pretty much the way they interacted with the Internet because they pretty much only had really small phones, Uh, you know, not not necessarily small physically, just weak phones. And Facebook was the way they interacted with the Internet. Uh, They managed to cause a genocide because one tribe decided they needed to kill the other based upon their interactions on Facebook. I also want to tie in here what happened with libs of TikTok or what's still happening Libs of TikTok is a, an account that basically just gathers up videos of people, mostly from the really extreme ends of the LGBTQ community, and puts those videos together in compilations. They're not editing them, they're not taking them out of context. They're just posting videos of what these people say and do and believe. These are videos that these people posted publicly on their own. So, like, they're trying to sway public opinion with it. But they needed to find the person who was gathering these extreme examples and showing them to people. And they needed to dox them, show up at the houses of, you know, of their family members, you know, just like in a chilling effect and why they're, you know, defending this act of, you know, um, horrible journalism, you know, that they're going after them because they need to have a chilling effect on anybody who's using social media to, again, counter the narrative. Remember that what they want is to create a false consensus that this is accepted now, that these behaviors, these thoughts, these things are accepted now. And to they they also need to create a false consensus that anybody who does not agree with the people who do stuff like the videos you see in libs of TikTok is evil, not just that you don't agree with them. They are a bad person. They are evil. They should not be employed. You know, they should be removed from society. And, you know, again, remember, they're only going after 25 percent of the population to hopefully be able to sway the majority of the population to go along with these ideas. And I would also advise that you guys check out uh, Glenn Greenwald's report about this. Glenn Greenwald is an excellent journalist, uh, probably one of the few that really has old school journalistic integrity. You're not going to agree with everything he says, and I don't either. But his take on this was absolutely fantastic. And I, if you have not subscribed to Glenn Greenwald already, you probably should. Also, a V Radio shoot exclusive, because ironically, it was censored by YouTube, if you have not watched this, I will put a link in the description, and I seriously urge you to go back and watch Do You Think for Yourself Part 5. The BitShoot version is complete and uncensored. We really need to understand the power that censorship has over our ability to think. It's not just about what information, you know, we are permitted to see, what information are we not allowed to see, and why would anybody want to have that control? And in this version of it, I play some clips from the recent film about Fahrenheit 451, which I feel does a fantastic job of modernizing this classic novel that was talking about the dangers of censorship. Um, And just it's 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 not just about whether or not I don't get to say what I want. It's about the fact that other people don't get to say what they want to you. And they may have important information. They may have things that would completely change your perspective. And that's the reason why they want control over this process. You know, if you if you go back in time, I I thought about this a while ago. Um, Let's let's say, for example, the presidential elections. The mainstream media had a complete stranglehold on what uh, candidates got exposure and which ones didn't. Most of that was usually uh, through the debates. That was how a lot of people made their decisions about candidates. Then. Eventually, when the, you know, the Internet came out, you got these candidates like people like, say, Ron Paul, uh, Dennis Kucinich, Mike Gravel. For those of you who are too young to remember, um, these are candidates. So, for example, actually, this would be a great example. Um, candidates like Bernie or Donald Trump in the old days would have never gotten anywhere because they just control how much they're allowed to talk. I remember, you know, during the debates. I remember one debate, for example, somebody did a time like a time stop thing where they they, you know, showed exactly how much each candidate got to speak. And it was really interesting that, like, for example, in one of these like one to two hour debates, they let Mike Gravel, who's anti-war, you know, um, anti-establishment. He got five minutes and then it goes up from there, you know, usually with the best candidates getting the least amount of time. So Dennis Kucinich, I think, got like eight minutes. This isn't a Democratic debate, obviously, you know, and it just went up from there. Well, why? Why didn't they want Dennis Kucinich being heard? Because he was talking about impeaching George Bush for what went on in Iraq, you know, and speaking negatively about the Patriot Act and a lot of other really bad stuff. Um, Mike Gravel, I already pointed out. And, you know, those of you who've been following me for a while know that I worked for Mike Gravel, you know, so they just controlled everything that you were exposed to. And meanwhile, um, Hillary Clinton got like an hour. (laughs) So you give one candidate five minutes, you get, you know, Hillary Clinton an hour. And don't think that this is just the corruption of the Democratic Party, because the same shit would happen to Ron Paul. He was a Republican libertarian. And I remember distinctly, for example, there was a time when um, they kept putting Rudy Giuliani in all the debates and they wouldn't let Ron Paul into one of the debates. And he asked why. And they said, well, you're not polling high enough. He's like, I poll higher than Rudy Giuliani literally everywhere. So what are you talking about? So they had to relent and go ahead and let him in. But they wanted him out as fast as possible. Why did they want him out? Because he was, again, an anti-war candidate who was pro-liberty, who was anti-Patriot Act. You know, so basically for a lot of the same reasons that they wouldn't want Mike Gravel or Dennis Kucinich, you know, talking, they didn't want Ron Paul talking. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to communicate to you guys for a while that, you know, everything has changed even from just 2008 um, a candidate like Bernie or Donald Trump, they, they would have gotten minutes and everybody else would have gotten lots more time. And they don't have that control anymore. And at first I thought to myself, and this is what we all thought back in 2008, man, they're going to just try to censor the internet, aren't they? Um, and I realized, no, that, that's actually far more brute force and, and not anywhere near insidious enough. They're going to do things like, say, create armies of fake social media to promote propaganda. (laughs) They're going to try to sway public opinion with it. They're going to learn how to use the Internet. They're going to learn how to use it against us, essentially. And that's what they're doing. So you have to protect yourself, not only with knowledge about why censorship is bad, but also just in the basic understandings of the different psychological and sociological phenomenon that people who want to control you will use against you. You have to educate yourself about this stuff. Because at the end, that's going to be the only thing you can use to defend yourself. You know, a perfect example of this um, bandwagon effect I'm talking about was when when the Nazi party was trying to take power, they strategically placed people who were basically, you know, actors for them in the crowds to cheer at certain times when Adolf Hitler was talking. And the purpose of that was to get that bandwagon effect going like, oh, wait a second. The tribe, the tribe really likes this guy. They want him to be chieftain. I better go along with this. So. You know, be aware of this stuff. Watch the entire Do You Think For Yourself series, and I'm going to keep making more of it, um, because I'm trying to expose you to the reality that there are certain psychological and sociological effects that you probably think you're above and may not realize are actually still wielding enormous amount of power over your ability to think clearly and, and to affect how you perceive the world. That's really what my work is about. That's what this is about. That's why I'm not really into the right versus left right now. Um, I have my views. I'm more concerned about the future of our country. I consider myself an American, you know, and I feel that people who don't agree with me are not necessarily inhuman. (laughs) What a crazy controversial idea, right? Um, So in any case, thanks for tuning in, guys. I will be putting out some more content. I'm sorry about the long break. Part of it is, is that I need to be in the right mindset um, you know, for me to be able to do this right. Uh, and that's one of the things that has just not been going on. I mean, I guess I, I told you guys I would talk to you about this and I was going to take screenshots of it, but I think I'll just talk about it. So some of my friends, I told you guys earlier that some of my friends have tried to tell me that I have to take my YouTube channel down or they're not going to talk to me anymore. And these, these are, again, these are not, fringe, just friends on Facebook kind of people. These are people I know in real life. And then I also, it, I, I got over that. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, fuck you. I'm not taking my channel down. You know, if that's what you, you know, if that's what you need from me to be your friend, then, then I'm not your friend. But it's it's more than that. There were other people who are holding really crazy views. So we're talking about Blue Anon. I have a friend of mine is usually the one that I go to, to be the voice of reason. He's the person that People frequently within our circle of friends would call in to be the mediator, you know, and one of the things we were talking about was Antifa's belief that they should be allowed to preemptively engage in violence to prevent fascism. And he's like, well, I mean, considering we did almost just have a fascist takeover of the country, I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, well, haven't you been paying attention? <laughs> this, is, this normal thing. And I said, yes, I've been paying attention. And as I brought up on previous videos that I've talked to you guys about this issue, for example, about January 6th, even if like the rioters went full on scorched earth and just murdered a bunch of congressmen and senators that were in the building that day, that doesn't just suddenly magically mean that Donald Trump gets transformed into the dictator. And the arguments that he made for this were that apparently the Border Patrol was on standby and ready to help Donald Trump take over the country, you know, that they were going to become his, you know, shock troopers. And then I brought up, I'm like, the military is not just going to let that happen. And he's like, the military can't be deployed on American soil. I'm like, okay, dude, come on now. The military is definitely going to deploy if for some reason the border patrol is helping a guy take over the country, you know, but he seriously believed that. And this is a guy who is normally ironclad, like he normally behaves exactly as I do, meaning that he finds, you know, hard sources for everything. He doesn't just run off at the mouth, but he sincerely believes this stuff. So the left is of the opinion that they're immune to the insanity of things like QAnon, you know, and to call out QAnon, there were people who were still in QAnon chat rooms claiming that at any moment Trump was going to swoop in and Biden was going to be arrested and Trump was going to stay president. That's a belief that those people had, you know, and when this was just crazy, random people on the Internet, I just kind of blew it off. But this isn't this guy's not crazy and he's not stupid. This is somebody I've been friends with, dear friends with for like over 20 years, and he really believes this shit. Like, I I just couldn't I, I couldn't believe it as I was reading it. I'm like, and so this is the effect that's going on when people are being caught into these. Um, pig troughs, so to speak, of you're only going to be fed the left narrative of the most extreme, and you're going to only be fed the right narrative of what's most extreme. And it's leading people to say that I can't be friends with you anymore, because if you don't agree with this thing, then you are therefore the worst of all of these other things. And I'll probably end up doing a separate video on this topic, so I don't want to ramble about it. But in any case, if you have not watched this episode of eRadio that I had to upload to BitChute because it was ironically censored by YouTube. You really should. And look at the big picture here, guys. What they're fighting over as far as to why is this so important, this is not something you just ignore anymore. This is not going away just because you didn't install Twitter on your phone. This is not going away just because you didn't install Facebook on your phone. This is not going away because you don't use social media. This is going on regardless. And they have a goal A goal that is a tangible goal, like something that they're really pushing for. And that is, again, if you can get 25% of a group of people to believe something, then the majority will adopt it. That that is something you need to be mindful of when this is going on, because historically people who've gone along with really crazy shit in the past, you know, it, it always started off as a small group. The Nazi party was very small and was considered fringe when they started. Now, when you couple this with everything else that I've been telling you about this whole time, which is stuff like them attacking objective truth. We can't have objective truth. You know, no, things are not objective. They're all subjective. They're all, you know, how do I feel about these things? You know, that's what should be important. Or you end up with ridiculous things like them saying that anything that they don't agree with that is personal experience of someone is anecdotal evidence and therefore not admissible. But then, at the same time, they will say that their lived experiences should be treated with the same value as empirical data. Um, you know, th- these kinds of things are being done to try to condition our society to stop thinking. And whoever's you know pulling the strings, so to speak, it's very clear that them dividing us is a, you know a serious part of their plan. That whatever it is that they have planned for society involves us being divided. It is my belief that what this is about is, you know, to get us fighting each other on these various social media mediums so that we don't see the strings that are attached to our heads, so that we don't see the hand that's manipulating those strings. You know, just like in uh, The Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's exactly what's going on here. You know, and... You Again, if you want to protect yourself from it, the only way that that's going to happen, the only way you're going to be able to protect yourself, because eventually channels like mine are not going to be allowed to exist. Eventually people who bring this sort of thing up are not, they're not going to be allowed to talk. You know, they they will censor this eventually. It's just a matter of time. Um, But you need to be able to protect your mind. You need to be able to study critical and analytical thinking and take responsibility for it because there will be a time when people like me who are warning you about this, will not be around anymore. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, please like, subscribe, ring the bell, etc. Um, I'm still looking for more supporters on Patreon and PayPal. Uh, if I cannot get them, I may have to start looking for other avenues, as it is already. Um, I didn't get to put out as much content as I wanted because of other complications going on in my life. Um, if you like this work, you know, please share it, if nothing else. And if for some reason something happens to me... Um, and I kind of say this and this is part of the reason why I have been gone for a little bit. I'm still looking at colon cancer. And it occurred to me that um, if I pass away, I would really like you guys to be sure that you share the shit out of everything that I've done here, because I really want the world to go back to being rational and to go back to thinking and to go, you know, that's really what my motivation has been this entire time. Um... I have children and I'm worried about what kind of world they're going to end up in. And if voices like the one I'm putting out here do not have a place to go, you know, if this sort of information that used to just be kind of understood used to be understood, censorship's not good for you used to be understood. You should think for yourself, you know, that message is becoming less and less prevalent. And so Anyway, um, please support my work in all the ways that typical YouTubers and such tell you to do so. Uh, share it with other people, get it out there. Um, if you can support me, great. Financially, that would be awesome. Um, you know, I don't have a ton of patrons. I have a little bit and it's helping, um, you know, but something is going to have to give and I'm still fighting with them about disability and I'm only looking for temporary disability, but. Um, it's a real battle. I don't, I don't get it. If you can't walk around without a walker for more than 30 seconds, you would think that that would be disabled, but they're still fighting me about it. So, um, in any case, guys, I don't want to babble. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please also consider going to my website, v-radio.us. There you can find, uh, my social media accounts so that you can always be sure that I'm uploading things. So you end up in situations, for example, like, Uh, where I shared the link of that bit shoot video that I really hope you guys go check out about censorship because I couldn't put it on YouTube. Um, A lot of you are not even going to be notified of stuff like that unless you happen to be on my Discord, my Telegram, my Facebook, etc. Thanks for tuning in.